Hey guys, we went down to a studio in Columbus to hang out with the Strange Roads podcast, Mike and Bub. We had an amazing time. They were very gracious hosts. They lured us down there with libations and pizza. And candy. And candy. And a white van. Uh, <laughs> so they gave their own shout outs at the end of this. So there's going to be two parts to this episode because uh, we talked to them for about three and a half hours. We talked literally about everything. Yeah, a little taste of us. So I want to take time now, because they don't give their own shout-outs till the end, to give them their shout-outs and where to find them and stuff like that. So if you're enjoying you know, their stuff, it's The Strange Road. Not Roads, The Strange Road. Uh, they're on all the podcast platforms and YouTube. They pretty much live stream all their episodes on YouTube, and then it comes out in recorded form later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leave these guys reviews, please. Five stars. Five stars are nothing. Five stars are nothing. But they're new to the podcast world, but they've been in the media world for a long time. Yeah, they got an awesome studio. A really awesome studio. Great video content. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some really big stuff coming out soon, too, mm-hmm. so they're definitely going to be somebody to hang around and watch. They're on the up and up. Yep. So please give these guys a check out. All the podcast platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. The Strange Road Podcast. Anything you need to add, Jaybird? Mm-hmm. Other than that, I had a blast talking to them and oh, visiting we had their so studio, much fun. and we look forward to doing some stuff with them in the future. Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna we're gonna hitch. Uh, our, what is that word? We're gonna hijack their studio for an episode. Oh okay, kick them out. Okay, yeah, I like that. Because the corner just gonna come in with our, our 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 fleet. Yeah, and they can sit in the hallway. Heck yeah, we're gonna borrow this for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> leave Stoner. Yeah, we need him. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. All kinds of old newspaper clippings. Oh, we'll really? Talk about it. It's okay. great. We use it for the show. That's great. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely I would love books. To read that. And they're not that. I think they're what? The big one's 16 bucks. And I think the little one's like 14 bucks. Man, I mean, it's a lot of material. But it's all it's, like it's, town hall reports, newspaper clippings. Just and newspaper just clippings. Just a clip. Uh, like doesn't a whole say anything. Catalog. Doesn't add anything. Okay. It's just, just the, the clipping. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just as is. So you can do it however you want to do it. Like, that's what we like. It's like, it's exactly. It's not on, watered down. It's on, not. It doesn't have a previous notion established with it. Of just, all kinds of different things, or depends on which book you get. Yeah. So like, monsters in print is biological creatures being seen. Okay. Oh, Oddities cool. in print is like the ones like three or four times the size of the rest of his books. Just oh, giants and poltergeist and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we like need that. Living clouds. Oh, wh- that's where you guys did a recent episode. Living yeah. clouds. Man, that's tough to get for my brain. I'm pretty damn open minded. Mm-hmm. The sky creature beast shit is odd. <laughs> oh, come I on. don't know if I can get the behind sky it, bro. She definitely opened shit. my mind to it. Come on. I We're mean, just talking about giants with double rows of teeth, and you can't but well, bro, you can't an atmospheric I mean, jellyfish well, is too far. Well, we know there were giant people. I mean, we know be, uh, yeah. all ant- like <laughs> mammoths, rhinos. Here in the United States, we had a whole but fauna what you just that say, went extinct after the They were the all ice quadrupeds. Age. Sure. So distribution but why wouldn't weight. people grow that big? Distribution of weight. I'm not arguing. I do believe in you that believe they're giant. Giants. Yes. Uh, I'm just saying you got to look at that. Is the distribution of weight is why those animals got monstrous. But what are they doing in the sky? They're floating around. They're gas flying. Film. They're gas giants. So, let, yeah. Let me, tell you, let me okay. tell you the things that convince me. Because oh, there's gosh. no way I believed in this. Do you until, know about this subject? Uh, no. Sorry. Phil Bubbin. Get off on giants. No. This, no, no, no okay. We can go back to it. I'm more interesting. Because I could talk about this for about 18 hours. Okay. And you have. I have. <laughs> um, what convinced me is uh, 
he told me about this NASA study they did in 2019. Oh. Was it one of the latest ones? Is they search for life up in the atmosphere? And Extremophiles. Yeah, basically. Sure. Well, yeah. okay. What we thought were they were looking for maybe to find five species. Like they you know, were looking for extremophiles. Yep. And yep. when they did the test, they came back with the results. They they found every clade of life of invertebrate life that living in the atmosphere. So I just that's can a explain that's a that big better. that's a big thing to say. So ex- make that they found, in layman's first terms. First off, right off the rip, over four thousand species. They didn't know what to do with the study because it it, it wasn't prepared for it. They were like, no, we were, we we're almost between find four. So that ranges from like, you know, plant- every biological clade of life. So that's fungus. not a vertebrate. Okay. Has a representative in the upper atmosphere that we just barely found out about. That's jellyfish. That's fungi. How? That's bacteria. Well, there's several ways. Think about okay. The air is kind of like the water, but just oh, a little gosh. bit less that's dense. The, big the thing. jellyfish it's the move exact through same. forty. No, it has the forty ex- space. Has the exact no, same like air. Okay, has the exact but, same makeup, right? It's like water in the, in the air. Sea. So mm-hmm. you know what a ocean in the sky. Do you know what a man of war is? Yes. Yeah. So that's a gas filled sack they control. Okay. Oh, it's, wait, yeah. it's blowing up that air that bubble on its head. Yeah. That's actually a gas filled sack to keep buoyant. A man of war. The jellyfish. It's not a jellyfish. Yeah, it's, it's actually a man of war yeah. isn't a jellyfish. It's a cyanophore, which is that's a big word. I'm about to go off. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, Don't worry about the big it. words. My first year of college was marine biology, although I didn't go to class okay. often. So a cyanophore. <laughs> but I still remember a lot about platyhelminthes and chondrichthys and osteichthys. And it's a it's a group of colonial <laughs> organisms all holding on together to form one body. Oh, so it's like mushrooms. No. Okay. Mycelium connecting together. They're all one. Not really. It's, it's, it's a very different thing. It's like a whole bunch of little animals, like us. Like if we hold it arms and try to do something, that's what a cyanophore is. So some of these cyanophores are just for digestion. All they do is they give the rest of the body gives them their food. They break it down and redistribute it. Some of them are for steering. Some of them are for gas production. Some of them are just I mean, controlling. that's kind of how we built up to where we are, right? Exactly, but they never got out of that stage. Uh, yeah, and they with took you. Right. They never some advanced. of the craziest forms. Okay. I mean, there are things that look like sky. In the bottom of the ocean, they look like these giant sky pigs with kites with metal chains and all. It's almost impossible to describe because what you're looking at, you're like, that can't be an animal. In the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, so yeah. how they get up there is blow-ups. And uh, any mountain range pushes all kinds of nutrients into the upper atmosphere is what they found. There's actually a lot more food, and it's a lot warmer, and there's actually liquid water that we weren't expecting. Where? In the upper atmosphere. Really? So it's a, it's a petri dish, hmm. and it is one of the least impacted environments above the ozone layer. It's one of the least impacted environments for So it's not where all the pollution is so below it. It's just So below. you're talking the pollution's below. Okay. We're talking above. Above. So, so it's like, clean where it's at. What is it? It's like yeah, it has untouched. radiation, but- it's life has already gotten over that. Here's but the, the radiation. Thing. This is interesting. That high radiation being up there too is going to amplify cellular change and. So, but it can also cause a lot of cancer and stuff. Right. Like that. But jellyfish got rid of that a long time ago. They don't get cancer. No, there's a mortal jellyfish. Uh, you ever heard about those guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. live forever. Well, they they hit the reset button. Whenever they're too tore up or they're about to die, they become a a, a, a zygote again. And become another jellyfish. They just, but it's genetically them. the same thing. So they just basically respawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, I'm hitting. I'm a baby now. <laughs> Beep. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. I'm a baby now. Yeah. So, but we found those guys up there. They're at least representatives of their family group. There are jellyfish in the upper atmosphere that we have documented, and that's not as in the jellyfish you're expecting to see with these big gelatinous creatures like the. Mm, this is micro. Yeah, these are small animals that we found in this first study. Microcryptids. It happens a lot. 
orangutan. I had a theory about this. Like, what if the Mothman is just microscopic? What if there's all kinds of micro cryptids around us all right all now? All the time. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. I, believe, I, I would believe it. Why not? So it's oh, just shit. scale and perspective. <laughs> but yeah, these these creatures are sighted all the time. They probably are gas filled. Uh, we have flim or we have buoyancy gas that we produce. A lot of animals use buoyancy in the water. They produce gases in their system so, to right, right. their self to be negatively buoyant or positively buoyant. Right, fish. The yeah. Bladder so check line. this out. Our friend David Lone Bear sent a pass. He's a Mi'kmaq elder, and he's been putting mylar balloons way up in the Earth's atmosphere. Is something eating them? He got well. He's Jesus gone into. So we had a interview that kind of fell apart a little bit. Where we went to Maine to interview him, and it and we were going to get into uh, some things that he's been capturing with these balloons that are highly rigged out with technology. Mm -hmm. He's able, I'm not going to go into and how this technology is created or anything like that, but basically he's capturing a lot of different things, uh, flying around up there Mm -hmm. and, and things that also that I don't think he ever expected to find. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering like, are are some of these moving things, because so he he's going up. This NASA scientist did not believe that he was actually doing this. He's like, "There's no way you're putting up these balloons how, that high." You in, know how high they he's were going? going just subspace. So it's like seventy five thousand feet. Yeah, I, so I above believe. the mesosphere. So he was just above the mesosphere. Yeah, and he's seeing like traffic, like organized traffic of things moving around. Yeah, up they're there. jellyfish. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So he, wow! I want. Uh, so you know why you don't see him? That's the thing that people. Ask. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> you know why people don't see him, dude? You just this, like this is smacked my brain. This is the other thing that convinced There's traffic me. Traffic of the yeah, it's jellyfish. Yeah, it's jellyfish. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say so that. So almost all air traffic is below ten thousand. Sure, the, sure. The, the ten miles. Right, right. You know, you, the human eye unabated could only see ten miles. You cannot see right now. If, let's say it's perfectly crystal clear outside, bright sunny in the day. You cannot see into the next layer of the atmosphere. Really? You can't. It, our, our, techno, our biological systems and our eyes just don't allow it. Other animals, sure, some of them can, some can't. Okay. We just can't. Yeah. Now make that creature slightly translucent. Sure. Right. Yeah, you're not seeing There's nothing. no reflective material. There could be thousands of them. There's no skin, right? So, like, There's, yeah. if you're Even pointing if an infrared at it. Well, some, or, some, some are really metallic. Some could be. And, and they, they could like, be so mistaken they like for UFOs? some of them like lick ships? you. Yes. Could be lick you. Yeah, the, the pink fog and then the dog tongue of Ireland and stuff like that. And really, this big living that. cloud that they tell you if you encounter it, you've got to lay down flat. So is it one of these things that these other organisms link up to create this? And that could cloud? be. It could be okay. a cyanophore, or it could be yeah. more like a big amoeba. I never thought I would have such Dude. a strange theory presented. <laughs> that's why we're doing this. That's why we do this. And also show. gave me pause of like. How didn't we think of that before? There's, we've done, I've done. This is the problem with thinking we have everything settled and we so have everything understood. So you got real into and, this recently, like mm-hmm. this. You went down a rabbit hole, like and got the other. hooked. Yeah, well, I don't so think we, we know have anything. Several surprises coming Me out too. later this year with this topic. Well, nothing. So that's why I kind of dance around it because we have a lot of yeah, big stuff happening spoil, on the back end. I don't want to spoil no, no for problem. this project. 
No problem. Because I've been I've done probably two hundred hours in research, if not more, just on this. <laughs> that's great. I want to know when this happens because I want to oh, watch. Oh, we'll be this going here. in. That's yeah. for sure. You got me because you know I see the like we talked a little bit at Cryptid Con because you guys were like oh when I was drunk screaming they're all mushrooms <laughs> 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 pointing at people and um and then you know I listened to I didn't get a chance to finish the episode that you guys did on on the the like sky creatures mm-hmm. so you know the part i just like man it's tough for me to i'm really open-minded i mean it makes more biological sense but when you start breaking else. that down yeah. that's what i mean like the actual bi- biological so probability a, okay right there you go good word for that it. something could exist because i mean in school we we learned about extremophiles living in ocean floor vents mm-hmm. that are like basically on in there the, are creatures in the, on this planet that, that live in 2000 degrees and eat sulfur and they eat nitrogen and sulfur and yeah. weird yeah. shit and you're and gonna tell gas. me a big balloon creature can't exist so again but, you okay, said they got up there from the mountains planes so be hitting these things all the time no like, as we don't have any traffic up but there. they're not going that far so they're just oh, the way way up slime. there they're just way, what way up What about the NASA greens? No, okay, hold on, hold on. There's, There's too lot much going on. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I need to Sorry. know about how they got to that level. <laughs> how okay. did they get up there? Basically, <laughs> calm down. Earth's always pushing stuff up above the ozone layer. So how? we're talking about the strata. So we live in the troposphere. That's our level. That's our atmosphere that we're dealing with. It's pretty much homogenous from where we are to 10 miles up. Okay. So it's kind of each layer of the atmosphere almost has an actual hard line. It's not like what we're seeing. You ever seen the ocean currents meet and like one's green, one's blue? It's it's kind of like those thermometers that uh, have the different layers in them. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So, yeah, they don't mix. They don't want to mix. They're very different medias. I know what you're talking about. I have two of them at home. There Gal- you go. Galilean, so now you got a, yeah, Galilean thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got a visual. Yeah, okay. So we are constantly, the Earth's surface is constantly upwelling stuff up there. Uh, mountain ranges, they found out in the Rockies. Is constantly pushing surface-bound nutrients into the stratosphere and into the mesosphere through just wind currents. Okay, because you basically have this big pile of wind. You're up tall taking enough, all this stuff, swooping and it, it hits the mountain air and then currents. shoots up. Gotcha. So, so it's like an escalator up to the the different layers. Literally, I've said that it's an escalator. Yeah. That the and then some of these organic UFOs that get caught down here, they seem to be not doing very well. Yeah, I mean, you they don't want to be down here. Stories of biological ships where they're yeah. conscious spacecraft, mm-hmm. yeah. where they're actually like have so, organs yes. and and flesh. So I think these are part bone. of our biosphere. Okay. These are members of our of our biosphere. So the biosphere is the family tree. So even though we're vastly different on the ends of the branches from everybody else, we're still attached at the roots. Yeah. So these are still members of our biosphere. Sure. I mean, we're They're close just a different odd fungus. Branch. We come from fungus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Animals came from fungi. Yes. Not the other way around. Fungi are an ancient. Very, group. very. Probably came from asteroids and meteors. Mm-hmm. Like psychedelic mushrooms, like the tales of the ancient people mm-hmm. of, of like essentially like mushrooms gave us religion, gave us consciousness allowed us to want to expand our worldview be self-aware maybe the stoned ape theory yeah Yeah. Yeah. terrence mckenna yeah uh so so, you know we have this biological relationship with fungus in terms of mycelium networks wearing it uh, what you got? Or organic oh. UFO? Oh, sweatshirt. That's what that is. Okay. Everybody hates cows. Is where the episode's from. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hates cows. That's awesome. But I love your guys' shirts, by the way. Oh, thank I you. I wear mine. Hi, pair. It, they're so comfortable. Oh yeah, and the guy in Sweden does all of our art for us. 
He's awesome. His name's Pear. Pear. He's actually starting to work on some audio stuff for us. Okay. But we're keeping him heavily employed. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Cool dude. We, we run a town in Sweden now. <laughs> you got a whole town working for you. Yeah, so we have a radio dude, ad out there awesome. in Sweden going yeah, on. Yeah, we did have a radio ad in Sweden. It's now still going on. That's really so cool. awesome. We have a radio so ad running around somewhere in Sweden. That's awesome. But with these creatures, and this is what we like to say is about 5% of UFO sightings. Right. Uh, it's not your nuts and bolts. It's not. It's a very. It's a very small. Well, you do see these, like translucent. Oh yeah, balls. The manta rays and the... cloud almost, mm-hmm. where people are saying they're a UFO sighting. Yeah. When it really, it's like almost like plasma. We've mm-hmm. had two hundred people see a cloud throw up a bunch of bones. Wait, 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 wait. We wait. didn't personally. We didn't. We have the story. The story. Okay. There's a story. Where's yeah. that coming from? Out this of? book. Yeah, yes. it's from Benedict's book. Damn, Time we period. To, we need to, 1879. Yeah, late 1800s. What? And this giant black cloud was hovering over this town. Like, and everybody was looking at it because it was weird because there's no storms. I'm like, this is super weird. And then proceeded to throw up a whole bunch of gar bones and gar scales. So gar of heavily armored fish. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Scales Big, are giant, like diamonds. huge fish. Fresh so water. they have all, it's just, it's cloud threw up a whole bunch of bones and then left. And like, well, that was like... It freaked everybody. It <laughs> well, that was way, weird. They made it from Louisiana all the way to New York. Hmm. So we went back and researched. At this time, there was a drought, and thousands of gar were dying in the drought. So that reeked. Uh, I think these are, some of these creatures are scavengers. So I think it filled itself up with as much as rotting food as it could right, take. Right, right, right. Digested what it could and threw up the crap it couldn't eat. That's just so We have so many owl, animals that do that. Owls threw up. Owl pellets. Yeah, they, they yeah. So you everything. think they, yeah. they, they come they down the they don't yeah. want. into our world, into our space Some as well? Some of these well? groups okay. do. And we have it categorized in about six different types. Because, uh, yeah, I'm a biologist. It's what I did. So <laughs> so you being a logical guy, like, you've dug deep enough Oh, this makes perfect to sense. To where, you know, like DA, for example, talking to him, you know, he's a former cop. Got into the uh, North American Dogman Project from mm. just... You know, he, he not a cop anymore, but took all those research skills to go out into the field to search for Bigfoot and grew up on a uh, his uncle's farm in Missouri where his uncle's like, listen, these things are real. Yeah. And you need to stay out of this area of the farm. Yeah. Because this sh- it's no joke. Right. You know, it's warning not- him when he's a kid. But then, you know, D.A. having that background, like you said, being a biologist where he's got a different sense of uh being able like he he has a very logical mind like he's not just some weird dude running around in the woods no no he's very on point you've been very taught a measured, certain way to think about things too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very well researched yeah. you know like 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 you are as well justin but uh, you know you you strike me as a logical person and but when you dig into something enough and and it's the information's there it's hard to turn away from and your logical brain's going, no, dude, this can't be real. But then you look further. So that's how mm, giants and all this yeah. weird shit. My mm, logical for brain, me literally, we were listening. Like, what? No, there's uh, no way. Betty and Barney yeah. Hill was the first one for me. They made it all connect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. With Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Yep. That they were mushrooms, or some of them are fungi based. Yeah. Some of these creatures we're seeing are actually atmospheric fungus. Why do you say that about Betty, Betty and Barney Hill? Well, their their uh, recounts when they were hypnotized. They and said what they, they were, were seeing. Well, what we went off of <clears throat> was the men in black questioning immediately mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm. In the 60s and 70s, they were asking if you were missing any nitrates. And Barney Hill was like, well, what the hell is a nitrate? 
Right. And he's like, well, fertilizer, processed meat, stuff like that. And he's like, I did. I had 400 pounds of fertilizer in the trunk. And he's like, well, do you still have it? No, it's gone. And then they stopped questioning. They wouldn't go back to the questioning. There was a hot dog vendor or a hot dog truck Trainers. guy that did, like, he was missing like 10,000 pounds of hot dogs. Stop. This is all. So, okay. This is a little segue that's going to roll back into this in a weird way. Stranger Things. I just rewatched it again. I've seen it in the last season. Sorry if I'm spoiling it for anybody that hasn't watched it. I don't care. I do care. <laughs> <laughs> but the the season, the last season is everybody's eating this fertilizer. See, I haven't watched I the last season. Have seen this? Yet. Oh, yeah. But it's a hive mind of all these. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, a fun thing. Probably. And they're, they're getting right, the. But, and they're, but they're eating they're this fertilizer. Trying to I've transform. Never, I have never it's heard mm. that and in my life. Tremors. Of hundreds saying, of men in black. Tremors three. Questionings. That's part of the storyline in Tremors three. Ooh, when I've they actually Tremors three. When they change into the butt blasters. Like <laughs> I've watched every Tremors movie ever. Yeah, made. I've and seen one like, and two. There's twelve of them. Oh, I did not know that. A hundred percent. The last How? one was the. And uh, they get worse and worse as Shrieker time goes on. Shrieker Island. Shrieker is Island. Stuff. That's the third They're, one. Tremors is Kevin Bacon in any, any more than one oh, and two? No, he's yeah. only Kevin in one. Real. But so the other dude funny. is one of the main character. Uh, okay. The dude with all the guns. With yeah. McIntyre. Uh, he's in every the one. Dale Gribble guy. He's, Dale Gribble. Yeah, it becomes his series. It does. It, it so becomes this here. But those creatures, to change into from, so like in Tremors 2, they turn into the snakes, into the little, they branch off, and the, the one big worm makes mm -hmm. the three uh, other, uh, they makes three more of these smaller ones mm -hmm. that are like all infrared. They see an infrared, kind of right. like the predator. But then in the third one, or Shrieker Island, they, they uh, eat fertilizer and they eat like engine parts and shit like that because it's not food to you but it's food to something else. right we have creatures right now that eat steel and titanium yeah uh, they love it they have yeah. a, dig a digestive system they can break that down in for organic nutrients yeah so food odd food sources can really point into a branch in the family tree right so with nitrogen and uh, any of the any, any nitrates fertilizer the hot dogs like i i use that guy because he got abducted and he came back and all the hot dogs in his whole semi were gone and he's like, well, what the hell? They were talking to me, telling me I was special. They just took the hot dogs. Got robbed. Told me I was special. The hot dog cart got interstellar robbed. The 70s and a little bit A lot of nights. We're eating that shit. I've never heard anything about that before. That's really strange. But I mean, it makes sense. It wasn't just them. It was that whole time period they were asking that question. The 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. All the men in black that were coming back and questioning abductees, that was always on their roster the of questions. Question, yeah. Not, most of the time it didn't come back to it, but a couple of these cases, it's like, well, yeah, I did, but I don't know what happened to it. Again, another segue, Men in Black, the movie. Mm -hmm. You know any bugs that come down and crave sugar water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come mm. down and crave fertilizer. But There's all these parallels all the time. I always think it's being kind of thrown in our face. A really oh, good example. Oh, they tell you what's happening yeah. before oh, it yeah. happens. Mm -hmm. They have to. It's yeah. like part of that... Uh, it's part of the game. It's it's part of that karmatic wheel. Mm -hmm. Like the people in the know use oh, Hollywood and movies for sure to essentially tell us things through the movies. That way, it doesn't karmatically affect them for yeah, they're, not they're, we, sharing it we to put the it world. Out there. Mm -hmm. They put it out there, they have and it's to tell it, you. and you know it's it's uh, there's like ten percent of fact mix in with the, with fiction, mm -hmm. but that ten percent is what protects them from their karmatic wheel turning on them 
Hmm. So, you know, you, you, it's, but the first, I mean, that makes sense. So how about this? In a hundred percent, man, I'm starting to be a believer. Oh. <laughs> starting to believe. It's, it's not. DA even. got me believing in dog man because I'm just like, I know, grew up, heard about the Michigan dog man. Mm-hmm. Probably when I was a teenager. Yeah. So I, we got the internet when I was in like fifth grade. So I'm 40. I'm a little bit older. We're a little bit older than you guys. So I didn't grow up with the internet. Ooh, the dial-up. But it was. I still and I had a Windows 3.2, Windows 3.1 operating system. And, uh, you know, early on, you could find stuff about Mothman. Like, even before the movie came out, I was online looking Angel into this sites. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to chat rooms, uh, kind of like Reddit, but not as specific for topics. But right. You could go into rooms and, and talk about this stuff. And, uh, you know, there's just no access. You know, you had Unsolved Mysteries might talk about a Bigfoot encounter. You might have, you know, it comes to like what's on TV. There was just mm-hmm. not that beyond belief, fact or fiction, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. So, you know, you start to hear all the historical stuff early on with the internet with, you know, what happened in Point Pleasant and, and start to realize like, holy shit, like there's a lot of stuff in, in our own backyard. Oh yeah. Ohio. I have a theory about this. I really believe that there's so many actors, very talented people, artists, people that go on to start really successful businesses that grow up in Ohio. And I think it has something to do and why there's so many cryptids and weird stories and paranormal shit. You know what I mean? Like Athens is the most haunted place in America, essentially. Oh yeah. Uh, it's horrible. And, and it's ridiculous. Kyle, Stoner went to college there. You know, there, oh, there's to, Stoner. I was in Nelsonville. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the Athens Walmart. But this area, the River Valleys, has been a hub for paranormal activity, Native American legends, giants, the earthworks, Mm -hmm. and the geometric nature and the astronomical encoding that's happening with all that. There was 10,000 of these at one point in Ohio. Oh, yeah. So we talked, me and you talked on the phone how many were destroyed in a couple of years. Yes. And 4,000 destroyed in three years. Essentially from like 1901 to 1904. Yeah, something stupid. Systematically destroyed as towns were expanding. It was all about manifest destiny. Once John Wesley Powell took over, the giants, all that stuff went away, and it was just or boxed up and sent. And a lot of those guys were eugenics, snorting those bones. Yeah, yeah. We have a meme about that. Uh, Andy, <laughs> those bones. Andy Arugula sent us that because like, we talked about it in our Smithsonian episode. We were like, "What are they doing with them? Oh, they're snorting them, and grinding them up, and snorting, snorting them in them. the back room. Yeah, getting yeed up." Yeah, Smithsonian yeah. <laughs> you know? is the worst place. Yeah, and it doesn't ever bode well for it. Well, no. Mm-hmm. If you hear that, if you see that involved with any of your monsters or historical sites you're like well there goes that yeah basically yeah you know what they're doing with nagpra yeah what do you mean well with the okay i know the repatriation of bones well yeah you know what they're doing with them artifacts right now they're sending them back to uh tribes so that's what they were supposed to be doing that's not what they're doing with what are they doing with them they've taken they're keeping them no they're taking. They've taken and for this this specific section. Nagpra. Anybody that don't know because I know this is going on our feed too. Yep. North but American repatriation. Yeah. It's. I can never remember. Grave that. repatriation. Grave. It, grave and artifact. Artifacts, yeah. Grave and artifact. But 
basically it's only supposed to be if a tribe member or that tribe first off still has to exist. Yeah. And they have to ask or want the stuff back. Right. They're not supposed to go in and take it unless somebody's like, oh, no. So it's made for if, like, let's say we were a Native American and we come in and we see something from our tribe in this area. Like, okay, we want that back. And they have to give it back or they have to work out a deal. Like, yeah, we'll put it was donated by X tribe. Okay. Or, you know, they work it out where maybe six months it's in the museum, six months it's back home, whatever. That kind of stuff. Then they, that, the most, like 10% of the law that's the artifacts that get used in this law go into that. With NAGPRA, what was it, 2000, and what we looked at, 2001, since 2001, I think it was when we did that episode, they have taken back 700,000 objects and over 100,000 remains that don't have a tribe and nobody's asking for them. So they went through all these small little museums. Right. And take, took everything. Yeah. And guess what they're doing with them? What? They're burying them in a hole. Mm. They're reburying them. Undisclosed on an location. Undisclosed See, location. I would love to. I'm going to ask Jeff about. We have Jeff Wilson coming in on yeah. Friday. I'd, I'd like to see because uh, we've talked about that a few times just in private but you know it kind of goes into a, you know a lot of the stuff that's that ohio history connection and the yeah. smithsonian mm-hmm. these kind of high level organizations and then more on a macro level ohio history connection i mean they've been running these sites serpent mounds since the 1900s and it's still a mystery mm-hmm. what is the hold up right is it a mystery how do we not know what is going a on? A borehole coring system down there. It's a half an inch wide. Yeah, we will know when the bottom of it was built and who built it. Right, and and, it, and there's it layers. The site. It don't mess with the site underneath. You will know the, that whole system of Serpent's Mound. Who was started it? Who then? And then who then? And then who then? And but then doesn't who that then? always seem kind of funny? With like, no, we, we don't need to quick. know. No, no, we already like, know. Yeah, yeah, we already know. Okay. We know that there's this chieftain is buried two mm-hmm. foot down in the Serpent's Mound, and we got it. But yeah. We did that NAGPRA just for a Patreon episode, and that was a lot of research because it was crazy. And they weren't even I'd hiding say I it. I know very little about it. We just found it out when we were they looking into the Smithsonian. They were hiding and, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're saying, they well, we've taken 300 objects back and given them to X tribe and this tribe. And, but we've taken 700 artifacts and 113,000 remains and with no tribe to claim them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because it says that right in the article, or right in their, in their basically their post about it. Like, well, it says right in the beginning that you only take it when people want it back. So they have no tribe to go back to. So these tribes are extinct. And then they just bury them in a hole. Out in some no-name place. And this is when, I think it was 2001. I can't remember. Uh, I drank too much. <laughs> but this is right when NAGPRA, not NAGPRA, the Smithsonian was getting a lot of heat for taking stuff. Okay. Uh, they were bullying smaller museums. They were just getting public, though. Uh, it was just becoming a lot more public. NAGPRA was passed like two months after that. And it had been in the weeds forever. Yeah. And then finally, like, okay, we can use this. Yeah. So we put it out. Get our agenda done. Yeah. And then they put some, and it worked. It, NACPA works super well for the Native American tribes that want to get their items back. If they've had sure. to, they've had to seen in a museum sure. for their whole lives so that they can't do anything about. Right. That's great for it. It's what the Smithsonian's doing with the law. Right. It's got a double edge mm-hmm. to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's got a backdoor building. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, when we researched that episode, I mean, it was, you know, farmer or so-and-so or construction crew, et cetera. They dug up X amount of mounds and found 10, 12 foot tall, whatever. And then the Smithsonian Museum came by and- Every article at the end. Grabbed them and- The monsters. How many monsters? How many monsters have we done were at the end of the story and they called the Smithsonian? For monsters? Yes. Give me an example, please. So, and actually- Because I'm not aware of South America, one of our atmospheric creatures- 
uh, they uh, a bunch of miners had a giant manta ray. So we our manta ray type that we go over. Sure. Uh, flying overhead, they shot it to death. They just kept shooting it till it died, and then it crashed. And they're like, huh, what do we do with this? Uh, well, let's call the Smithsonian. This is in South America, and they came and got it, and only left them with a piece of the thing. Yeah. And it rotted. I mean, it rotted pretty quick. Yeah. They took like a twenty by like a twenty foot wide, like a thirty forty foot long creature. They came to grab it without any question and left. Uh, Stanley Gaster. The Stanley got involved. That creature we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, the Smithsonian got involved. With it. The carcass that. The was carcass the that supposedly. I cannot. Like, supposedly. supposedly. Thank you. Uh, was from that creature. The Smithsonian taught. The. Do you know about the short face bear, the famous short face bear from the 50s? Yeah. Okay. Do you know why that's important? The snub nose bear? The, no. Why, it was a Smithsonian. So this guy out in the 50s or 60s was a big game hunter. He'd go up and uh, just anywhere in like, Canada and go. He'd basically fly in a biplane, a puddle jumper. He'd land in a lake and go hunt that area. He shot a colossal, what he thought was the weirdest, ugliest grizzly bear. And he's like, well, this isn't, he's like, but he kept feeling like this is not normal. So he took the meat, he took the hide, and he took the skull. Because he had to get back on his plane and leave. And he's like, well, what, what, I don't know, this does, he's like, this is no grizzly bear, but I don't know what it is. Right. Uh, I think here's a count, it was 3,500 pounds. It's a big bear. It was a little bigger than a big polar bear, like a monster polar bear. 3,500 is that sizable bear. It's a small hippo. That's a bear. Uh, so, yeah, a lot more of an attitude. So he goes to Smithsonian. And there's like, it was a little different in the old, I think this was in the 50s or the 60s. I can't remember. I can't, but anyways. Decade. They do a, or a intake form. And the whole thing is they're going to get, he's going to get the skull back. They're IDing it. They have biologists that just work for them, that ID species for other collections. Uh, because they have the ultimate, that's the whole point. That is the original point of the biological collection there. Is so let's say you think you discovered a new species of parrot. Right. They're going to go through their whole collection of that species. And make sure it's not a color variance or something weird. Right. Okay. It's kind of not as important anymore with now with our genetics. We can kind of we can look at the genes and tell if it's a different species or not. Right. But in the old days, it was really important because it's like, oh, no, that just happens to be what the cockatoos look like in southeast Australia. That's just what they look like. You just right. happen to found it a little further out of its range. Right. So it's not a new animal. It's just a little, a little out of home. Yeah. So with the short-faced bear skull, or that's what I'm calling it, they took the measurements. He had the intake form. He's supposed to get it back in three weeks. And so he has this paper, this guy gave him, that has all the measurements and what the Smithsonian got. Basically like your laundry tag. So you can come back and you can get right, your item. Right, And three weeks go by, and he calls and nothing, calls and nothing, calls and nothing. Well, finally, he's like, months go by. And he goes there and he's like, I got my form, where's my skull? And they're like, it's actually on loan at another museum. Hmm. And he's like, what the hell? It's not, it's not yours. So he goes to that museum, like, we don't have it. And then he gets the runaround forever. Finally, they give him a skull back. It's not his. It's a classic grizzly bear skull that's like a quarter of the size. But he has the intake form with the measurements of the original right. skull. Right. And he's like, what the hell? And the only reason this got any stink is because he had some money. Uh, he was he was not a poor man. Right. So, so he, he had, had resources. Yeah, but you know, you cannot legally sue the Smithsonian. Right, because they're sheltered because... It has to be approved by Congress. And they're across seas. Like, yeah. they're actually technically organized There's a Congress from, bill. started by a guy from across yeah. seas. There's a Congress bill that does not allow you to sue for anything in the Smithsonian's collection without Congress approval. 
I, yeah, they're very powerful. That doesn't smell fishy. It's a super powerful organization. <laughs> and the board that oh, makes gosh. up. We did a whole episode on just the board of directors of the Smithsonian. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Billionaires. Bill Gates' friends. Yes, yes. Uh, people, there's only one guy. There's only one guy that's supposed to be on the board. And he is the best, what was it? He's the art guy. Um, art he was, collector. He was the best art appraiser. Art appraiser, yes. yes. So the Smithsonian could be maybe, say, the front-running office for the men in black. Yeah, it's basically if you have something, they can come in and take whatever they want. If they, it, you know, was it? I mean, they still have seen they, get, they, they seem I mean, like they get called similar, out to yeah. strange encounters, it's, sightings, yes. happenings. They became the leading biological entity on a purpose or historical entity or right. whatever because they're everything. They're right. the ultimate museum. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. There, there's two Smithsonian's. There's the front of house. Yeah, the normal museum. Right, right. It has no idea what's going on behind the curtain. Sure. Right. Some of them know there's something back there. But they know they don't ask. Then you have the Black Ops yes. Smithsonian. The real Smithsonian. Yes. The monster behind that red curtain. Yep. There's something back there. 100%. And that's like, because like, when you go to Smithsonian, it's just a museum. The yep. buildings are just a museum. Right. There's nothing there. It's like not like the, the vault in Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's the yeah. That's the Smithsonian. That's the Smithsonian. That's the real one. With all the crates piled up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, dude, Ohio History Connection is, I feel like all these sub organizations are all based off of what the Smithsonian did first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Ohio History Connection, they control everything. Oh, yeah, the, the babies. They yeah. control everything in Ohio. When yeah. it comes to wanting to dig or have an archaeologist, uh, you know, somebody like Emily Aldrich from the Portsmouth Museum, or the Southern Ohio Museum, wanting to do work on the Portsmouth, uh, Portsmouth earthwork, which there's only a small portion of that left. And, you know, to be able to just to fly a drone, to do a, a LIDAR, to do magnetometer, uh, you know, to do any type of research, you got to drop, jump through so many hoops. And especially, she, you know, she's trying to write a book and do, and do presentations and try to get information mm-hmm. to let people know about these. And, and she's just running into walls, walls after walls. And you have, and, and she's not like an independent crazy you know some kind of side researcher that's just out there trying to sell a book you know she's one of the directors of the southern uh, ohio museum Mm -hmm. so it's such a control they have so much point and and to be to to now i mean back in the day we used to go to serpent mound when the first time we interviewed jeff uh, the, we knew the park ranger there that Ark of Appalachia when they used to run it before like Ohio History Connection took it over took it over hmm. a few years back where they banned all ceremonies if you're not a part of like what they say can happen or, or the Shawnee from Oklahoma they basically banned um, Friends of the Serpent Mound doing their winter uh, solstice they light the whole serpent and put candles around it during the winter solstice not allowed to do that anymore hmm. our friends from serpent mound star knowledge group terry and tom they're they bring elders from all over the world they've had people from australia african uh tribe elders all over the place to come and see serpent mound and to do ceremony with different cultures from all not allowed to do that anymore hmm. they're not allowed to and these guys are the ones that have been preserving these places mm-hmm. in all actuality a lot of the early fundraising of serpent mound jeff wilson and, and his wife delcy and terry and tom and all these people and now they're just shunned wow they're just not yeah. allowed to connect and if you're not part of the in group 
and it's not approved like Graham Hancock's ancient apocalypse show where he's literally in front of the camera and they're closing the gates behind him. Yeah. He was approved to go and go and research and shoot and film and everything. And Jeff was there. Uh, you know, he had told us about this last summer before months before it aired and said, man, it's not going to be a good look. It's not no. going to be a good look for you, Ohio, you so yeah. Ohio history right. connection. I mean, and they ended up blurting out the sign. Uh, he read the email in the episode. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. great. And, and it was blurred out. So it, it, was it like, looks like Serpent Mound itself is the one thing. Told him to banning. F off. Right. But it wasn't Serpent Mound. Right. But it, it's it's unfortunately. Hiding behind that. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So from what I used to do with work, I did a lot of endangered species survey and stuff. The worst thing you can do is find an endangered species. Really? That's not the point. They don't want you to find them. So I worked for a third-party hmm. company would be hired to do stuff. And we were not supposed to find stuff. Some of, and, But we were third-party. We didn't care. We were trying to find these things. Uh, so they would make their, our, our practice procedures because they dictated what we could do, just like this. And they would make it so it was impossible to find the species we were looking for. Yeah. Like we would like – so I, won't, I can't name the survey or anything like that, but eels. We were looking for eels in a state – their eels are supposedly about to come back. But if they're back, they have to remove every dam. We're talking billions of dollars. Hmm. Billions. So this is With why people don't want to find them. Yes. Because when they find so... them, they get protection. Mm-hmm. When they get protection, right. the animal wins. You can't build your highway. You 100%. can't destroy the wetland. Extinct animals right. have no rights. Or extirpated. So extirpated means locally extinct. Uh, so extinct animals have no rights. But if they come back, then they have rights. So they made us do so. Eels are nocturnal, bottom-dwelling fish. Yeah, they made us go out during the day, and they made us run nets for them. We weren't catching no eels, and we had we interviewed fishermen and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, we catch them all the time, but we weren't allowed to go. Like we did our normal survey, we were like purposely looking for a species. We could have found. Wild. So they do it everywhere. It's all for the, our end. It was more about the money. Do they really want to find new information about these sites? No. That's what I'm... No. Re- and dude, they tell you something tell about it. The That's the whole thing. The monopoly board has been point. set. Nobody I've wants to clear the pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of these organizations, yeah. the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. of, okay, it can't no. be that bad. Yeah, it is. It really can't. Like, is there really some just like evil cabal that's maybe not? A lot of it is just... It's It's... The fact that, like, well, early on, these organizations just weren't set up. But, like, you've had a 100 years. You've had over a 100 years to have these processes in place where you have archaeologists back in the day that would just dug up Serpent Mound, pushed all the dirt back, reformed it as best. It's a recreation of what you see. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of earthworks are recreations because some drunk one and most of them were like dudes out of college that are just down there having a frat party. Let's dig it up and see what's down there. Like Putnam. I mean, you know, all the Serpent Mound artifacts are in Harvard Mm. or in the Peabody Museum. Oh, and so that's where they our, don't exist. Our friend Jeff Wilson had to get jump through so many hoops, and he went through the whole Serpent Mound artifact collection in the Peabody Museum, and that's where he found that skeleton, uh, this postcard of a skeleton, um, and and through digging through all these things. Actually, I don't know if he found that in the Peabody. Jeff's probably watching like you're screwed up my story. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, finding this uh, this postcard, we have a video about it on our YouTube page, but essentially, like, there was an artifact that was in the photo 
so he figured out how big the skeleton was Based by measuring yeah, so he artifact. had to find that artifact i gotta find this artifact at the peabody museum or wherever he was digging so then he could take that and scale it and then figure out how large that skeleton was did he find it and it with well, the caption in the postcard yes he did mm. and the pe- caption in the postcard said giant skeleton found at serpent mound mm. so that's what kind of piqued his interest the crazy but, part was it didn't even that, have its lower legs yeah so oh, it would have been a lot bigger just uh but that was used in, femur, uh, in uh, uh ross yeah. hamilton's book ross hamilton's kind of the og of all giant research um you know lives down in uh, mason we've interviewed wow. him but he's like he's the one that inspired a lot of um like the jim Vieira and hugh newman's when jim Vieira and hugh newman wrote their book they went straight to ross hamilton mm-hmm. right here in ohio like ross is the og and and you know jeff and him have worked together and 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 shared because jeff's more of like your straight up scientist reese used to work for nasa doing surveys never Um, a straight answer he was one of the first people that did uh uh, lidar scanning and scanning at serpent mound um for you know different government agencies in ohio so you know legit dude has a lot and and you know as legit you meet him you're just like this isn't some crazy maniac dude that's trying to get in the news Mm -hmm. he's not trying to create these salacious stories what is the fucking problem Mm-hmm. Why are you giving these people so much shit? He's legit. He's like mm-hmm. he ain't been shot. I mean, he lives right next to it. I mean, that he hasn't got depressed. I mean, he just keeps, I think, I don't know. That he, happens he, to a lot of them. But he lives right next to Serpent Mountain, and that's what keeps him going, dude. Yeah. that's he, He's living by that. this beacon of energy. Yeah. That's you're soaking in this consciousness shifting. I mean, the first time I went there, it literally shifted my mindset mm-hmm. shifted my consciousness to got a question for you yes what do you think about the gravitational anomalies and the magnetic anomalies there it's because of the impact crater we have a tour that we uh have a dvd and video coming out real soon That's it's awesome. going to be for sale in the um rock shop just outside in, in uh, locust grove fake cops uh, the house of fake cops our friend tom and terry hmm. have a little rock shop and then he's got the largest uh trilobite collection that used to be on lease to the smithsonian when it was off lease now it's sitting in the little rock shop seven nice. miles from serpent mound go I'm say hi to tom He'll i have tell a you. whole bunch of trilobites <clears throat> dude tom would yeah, be I've been he's an for a while when i say he's a trilobite expert i'm sure he is he's legit bro yeah. and nasa came to him when they were trying to find the breccia from the serpent mound impact crater nasa knew that from their their scans that that impact crater was there so when those they showed up in the area the first person they ran into and talked to was tom tom's like i know exactly where the breccia is come follow me he showed this nasa scientists right where all that was and showed us we, he took us on a whole he gives tours you guys should go and We're just gonna. and just take a tour with tom he'll literally get you drive him around and but we shot the whole thing and then interviewed him and then stoner did a beautiful 20 minute piece with interviews being cut with the tour we it's called the serpent mount impact crater tour so Mm. it'll be available on our youtube channel but then also for sale as a dvd we designed the cover when we'd never done a dvd before make sure you Uh, let us know when that comes out we'll promote it yeah we it was a part of a live stream that we did with ross hamilton 
we created the piece with Tom and then I interviewed another person. It was a cool little ticketed event we did for the winter solstice in 2020 mm. for uh, Serpent Mound Star Knowledge is a group that Tom and Terry have been basically fostering for years, bringing all these different elders into the area to pray and do ceremony. Um, you know, on they do a spring equinox ceremony. They do summer solstice stuff. Um, but they've been in the area for so long mm -hmm. and Jeff lives right down the road from Tom and Terry. Yeah. So like all these, we kind of slowly started getting in with some of these groups and, and now what's happening to them is just a shame because they are real stewards oh, of yeah, this place. Axe. And it's really sad to oh, yeah. see now that it's got popularity because, and, and they, and we've yeah. been called, we've been called racist. We've been called cultural appropriates for doing informational, like interviewing Ross Hamilton, him talking about apparently because we're white or, you know, I have some native American blood from my father. He was from Mexico originally. So more like, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, mm -hmm. Northern Mexico. Um, but you know, they see us and, and then we got written up as being cultural appropriate for just talking about astronomical alignments and really cool information that Ross has been writing about forever mm -hmm. living just in Mason, Ohio and in, in Ross and Terry and Tom and Jeff and, and the friends of the serpent mountain and, and Delcy and all of them. Uh, when I say they've raised money, they've put in sweat, blood and tears. They have volunteered. And now this new ownership, the Ohio history connections already owned it, but it's the structure yeah. that's being put in place for World Heritage Site. So they're trying to get UNESCO World Heritage Site mm. status for Newark Earthworks. Basically all the Hope, the five Hopewell sites, yeah. which Ohio History Connection has their new like exhibit. It's kind of whack, mm -hmm. to be honest. Like There's one really cool part if you go. Um, but Serpent Mound's a part of that. And the thing with World Heritage status, like Chaco Canyon, um, you know, in Ohio at least, uh, or sorry, in the United States, Chaco Canyon's kind of our big one that's already UN World Heritage Site. Mm -hmm. and, but then the Great Pyramids, Chichen Itza, the biggest sites in the world are on this list, and they're protected by the UN. So that mm. with that comes gift shops, parking fees, yeah. money. Like they have to expand <laughs> these parking lots. It's a, and a big build, Ponzi scheme. And there's parking lots sitting on top of a wood henge mm. that's at Serpent Mound, like you see in Europe. There's mm -hmm. a legit wood henge. They know it's there. Isn't there a whole and the bunch parking of them lots on top of it. it. Right on yeah. top. So they're going to come in. They don't care about the history. No, it's, well, it's they, a cover up. They're not into sure preserving jack shit. They're there to make money. Yeah. That's the thing that's been upsetting me is I've given these organizations the benefit of the doubt for far too long. Mm hmm. And the more and more I'm talking to you guys now and some of the things you're saying and over the years getting to know Jeff that it's just like, you know, maybe in my back of my head that it's just, well, they're just not running it well. It's just people that aren't that <laughs> no. sharp, mm -hmm. that it's not an accident. But then again, you look at the board members, you look at the, the weird stuff that's going technology. on. So, yeah, it's being it. funded by huge organizations, like getting these endowments. Like, how's your, <coughs> how's your forehead feel? <clears throat> It's spinning a little I was here. Say, you're about to get a laser dot on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it because there's this evil organization, you it's know, orchestrating all this, I, I don't or know. is it just money? I, I, or I'm is grabbing it grabbing a beer? Yeah. Are they using money? Maybe. To convince people, you know, to 
run these sites in the way, in the fashion which they do because they're getting paid. They're going to get money out of it. Right. And they're using that to control people in a way, to control this narrative in a way. Right. So is it money or is it? Oh, well, so there's – don't throw me off. <laughs> so in the UN uh, or in the forest, so um, there's national forests um, or national parks around the U.S. I'm good, buddy. In the middle – I'm all right. Uh, in the middle, like, uh, you'll find, like, these random white vans or random parking areas. But is it – every national forest is owned by the U- UN? Every, every national park? Is owned by the UN because they're funding it some probably some way. No, because it's not doesn't it's not owned by anybody. It's, so it's supposed national, to be ours. No, our, but the it's not. Are wrong. It's not it, anymore. It's, you're wrong and you're dumb. I mean, it's supposed to so be. So yeah. the that's UN the, owns that's the, the national That's the line parks. we're fed. Mm-hmm. Is that no? Yes, it's public land. That's they call it public no, land. No, it's, it's public land. It's not public land. Yeah, I can't it's go out into certain parts of these parks. Oh it's yeah, not owned. It's a world thing. It's it's yeah. So there's literally. Sorry. So they're doing that same thing with historicals. Yeah, keep going. Uh, like you'll find the white vans in the middle of these national parks that are UN vehicles with yeah. weird license plates. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's on them. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. But so, there's no buildings out there. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing. There'll be like 100 cars somewhere, and there's no buildings. What are they doing? It's a parking there? lot out in the middle of the... F- no roads. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing out there or why, but it's just they're it's there. It's like a bunch of people go missing in the national parks every year. We don't know why. Well, right. yeah, yeah. Right. It, go, it goes because back to you that. walk into a, a UN base, and now you're tonight's soup. Yeah. You want that list that's going to cost you $3 million. <laughs> Politis tried to get it. Yeah. A list, and they said something like $4 million. Good Lord. To, to pay for it. Christ. Yeah. He was like, what, what do you mean? Like, it's paper. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what's, what's, what's on the paper? Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the dangerous part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's crazy, but it does all connect. It it does, like you said, it's it's academia, it's the the EPA. I mean, the Ohio EPA has I, done I, not allowed some... to talk about anything with the Ohio EPA. Okay, have you been scared a little bit? No, no. I'm on NDAs. Jobs. Oh, copy that, and I won't get into it. I was on a documentary down in Waverly. Um, they lady was making a documentary on the family that was <laughs> killed execution style in their trailer. Oh, Ross County. And, and <clears throat> through that process of her doing that documentary, just went down there to just try to figure out what was going what on happened? with this murder. Yeah. yeah. And she went down 20 different rabbit holes where it was there, earthworks, man. lost civilization stuff that was pulling her this way. There was stuff with the defunct plutonium factory that's down there where everybody worked. And when it shut down, that county is the poorest county in Ohio. Mm -hmm. There's so much corruption. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing to essentially, they were trying to make that plutonium factory a nuclear dump (laughs) to just fold it all in and then have other people bring in their nuclear waste. Mm. And so essentially like... 
they had these geologists and survey people come out and, and it's like, no, no, totally safe. There's no cracks in the bedrock. It's not going to leach into the water. Oh, and meanwhile, there's people getting bone cancer yeah. everywhere down is that there. What that, that's what that movie's about, isn't it? Brockovich? Yeah. Basically. A similar situation. Yes. That was West Virginia, though, right? They yes, were dumping these chemicals from like a tanning Yeah, I don't know if it's nuclear. Into the but, water. No, but yeah, then, same thing. It's yep. getting into the watershed. Flint. Mm-hmm. We've been on a big kick about the water table and stuff like that. Water's... It's the next getting war. scary, dude. It's the next war. You yeah. about the Euphrates? Yeah, you ever seen the documentary Blue Gold? Mm-mm. It's really fascinating. Just how, like, Nestle is up in Michigan mm-hmm. sucking out all Bring the tributaries all. <laughs> going mm-hmm. into the Great Lakes. Uh, how about the Mississippi? Yeah, that you too. You walk across it in Louisiana. I was down there five years ago, and it, it you couldn't. You can now walk across it. Because t- it's not... We've killed the water system. And that's... We've, yeah. We just got to talk about this. Me and my, my, my dad... A very educated man, but he's like, well, I don't understand what you mean that we don't have. We, what we did is we cut out a lot of the middlemen of the water cycle, the conventional water cycle we evolved with. Uh, we've tiled everything. Everything's asphalt. We straighten right. rivers. It's to get it as fast as you can to the ocean. Right. And nothing's going back. Up. Yeah. Nothing's going back into the water table. Like down into the aquifers. Correct. Yes. <clears throat> and we've killed all the rainforest. We're destroying forests. So forests off gas water. Yep. So literally, uh, we talked about this on the show. Rainforest in South America are the only reason some countries in South Africa get water. Get water. Get rain. Because the the storms that are formed over top of the rainforest go across the ocean and give them their water. And they're not getting any more because that part of the rainforest is gone. Right. We've killed the water. That's the monsoons that form off of Mm -hmm. Africa that feed all those inland jungles in in Africa. But Euphrates is dry. It's officially dry. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys are biblical or uh, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm interested Euphrates in the Bible. is very important for yeah, Christians. Absolutely. I mean, because it's when the end times, trials and tribulations dude, start is when the Sumeria Euphrates dry. And we're there. Yeah, it's dry. <laughs> there ain't no water. And then glad uh, we're starting a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good we're time. gonna get to like. Yeah. We're gonna get to our like silver status on YouTube. We and need then the to padlock the door end. for the uh, zombie apocalypse. We just monetized. <laughs> and then pockets around the Dead Sea are turning red, and that's also talked about in the Bible. Really? And we don't understand why. We think it's an allergy, but they can't ID the species. Right, red eye, red allergy. Right now, this is happening again. Right now, no, right now, like th- two days ago is when this came out. Hot off the press. I mean, dude, uh, you I, got I called Jay Gobekli Tepe, all those bad. ancient oh, sites in Turkey. Mm-hmm. That shit's wild, man. Yeah. I mean, they're blowing away timetables oh, of for civilization. Sure. For sure. And who, who who's to say that there wasn't something even more advanced before that? Zahi where, Hawass. Where would the evidence says. be? Zahi. Yeah, oh, he says. Jay was screaming at me about him today. I don't like that, man. No. I mean, nobody does. Nobody in this room does. I know no. that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. No, not the fact a fan. That he, he Looking at Stoner, though, he's not in this room. <laughs> Where should, we can still hang out with Stoner, isn't that sweet? And he yeah, can talk to us. I love it. It's, it's like he, his, his picture's big enough to where he feels like he's included. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Yep. He's, yeah. the, he's the fifth uh, we element. Gotta, we got to bring Stone into the show. We got to have a little, we got to figure out the Put stone. Put a window right there. The Stone feed. We've thought about that, too. Into the. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Cut <laughs> yeah. a hole in a window and put so a camera on him that facing stone. that mm-hmm. way. <laughs> oh, a long time ago, we just giants, uh, the multi rows of teeth. Polyodactyly yeah. is a more extra. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's extra toes and fingers. Fingers, yeah. Yep, there's that, too. Blue skin. A lot of giants are blue. Like Avatar. 
Not that quite, that blue. Yeah, but yeah. blue, gray skin. Blue hue, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what those are all signs of, right? Cyanosis. Inbreeding. Limited genetic pool. Those are all genetic markers for a population that's on collapse. Mm. Uh, and it's especially a hominid. It's crazy. Like, literally, and we're talking about stories that we're getting from the 18 and 1700s about these blue giants that have extra fingers. Or even further back, the extra finger thing goes back They're a like long mutating. time. They're like mutating. They're yeah. like mutated. It's because your gene pool is getting so short that you don't have the genetic capacity to form a normal body anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, you ever heard of the great headache with the giants? No. Mm-mm. Okay. I'm not a great giant person, as in the research and stuff like that. It's just not something that I've researched heavily. Okay. But the great headache was basically an interview with giants, so like three or 400 years ago, one of the last living giants. And they talked about that a long time ago there was a lot of us, and now there's not. Right. Because of the great headache. And it was basically a disease. A war. Or, no, it was a disease okay. where they would get like, it seemed like a brain infection. And because it would start with a headache. Uh, an excruciating headache, and then ble- a bleeding nose, and then death. And it seemed like a very small percentage of this giant population was immune. Mm. And they were the ones that left. And they kept breeding and breeding and breeding. But the genetic pool was so destroyed that, because you're also talking about a population that was not, or that was immune to the disease, so they're probably already kind of related. Yeah. And that's why we started getting, uh, the modern time, uh, modern, I mean the last three or 4,000 years, blue giants, polyodactyly. Anything with polyodactyly, is definitely inbred. That's like the number one thing with inbred. If you have extra or less fingers and toes. There's something wrong with that yeah. blueprint. Yeah. yeah. And then the extra rows of teeth is another big one with humans. Uh, yeah, they find it in, in it, yeah, kids. The, and they get them the blue people in West little. Virginia, yeah. they were inbreds. They had been breeding in their own, like their own family for so long, they turned blue and they had polyodactyly. Damn. That's so strange. And it's just a sign. So let's say... Th- we, me and Jay were talking about this the other day. I think giants probably lived their lifespan was probably two to three hundred years, if not longer. Yeah, they spoke well. I mean, like the King's List of Sumeria mm-hmm. and Egypt, like they talk goes like back seven. hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. Where like a, one king lived for was king for a thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 there's like, oh well, that's myth, you know. But here it is on these steles in Egypt and, and these giant temple complexes yeah. where they have these lists. And then Samaria has them as well, where Anki and Enlil. So do you know the problem with the a long-lived species? Of, of what? With a long-lived species that's facing extinction is they have really slow gestation periods. Hmm. So they breed really slow. That's yeah. why it took so long to get elephants back. Right. They have almost a 13-month gestation period. Right. So it takes them over a year just to produce one offspring, right. plus raising it for four or five years before they'll get pregnant again. So if you're if these giants are living extended lives, extended compared to us, you know, they're going to breed really slow. Right. So if you do face a cataclysm, you can't bounce back like we can. We're like roaches right. compared to right. Right. right, right. You know, we can produce an offspring. But I mean, and even be in the 1500s, the DeSoto wrote about going up the Mississippi and through the tributaries in uh, like the South and Midwest and running into chi- tribes of regular sized people. And tribes of giant people, mm-hmm. and they were living hand in hand and next to each other. Mm-hmm. We covered the story about Magellan oh, off the coast great. of Patagonia. That was great. Where mm-hmm. Magellan's crew wrote and actually sketched. They tried to bring one back. They tried yeah. it. They Come captured the it. Yeah, and they knocked it out and got it on board. And the thing died uh, supposedly in captivity. I mean, and hitting the head hard enough, it probably ain't going to be. <laughs> the yeah, best shape. well, <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh, giant. It's not going to have sea legs. Right. Like that, that if it's never been on a boat, 
you know, and if you hit it hard enough on the head, say, it how they knock sick. it out? Yeah, yeah or but, it was a I nutritional mean, or dietary thing, and yeah. they couldn't survive the journey. But well or, documented sketches. A lot drawn. of big animals yeah. don't do good in captivity. Yeah, especially a smart one. One hundred percent. They just starve themselves. They won't yeah. eat. I mean, I mean, people. Trilocines were uh, the Tasmanian tigers. Right. We had a bunch of them in zoos. We only ever had like a, a handful. Right. That would actually eat. The food. last one mm. was in. Oh really? Yeah. The most of them starve themselves to death in, mm. the, in captivity because they, they, they give them food, they give them live food, dead food. It didn't matter. They just sit there and pace. Yep. It's like this isn't right. That's all their. I'm their not brain's in my good. natural yeah. habitat. And I think they're those are back. There's people that have been seeing. Trilocines. They did a two-hour yeah. episode on it. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, in, wow. in Australia. Yeah. yeah. You know what the yeah, big fight with trilocines right now? What's that? Is the genetic lab that's bringing woolly mammoths back? Woolly mammoths are okay. Officially, woolly mammoths aren't been have not been cloned yet. I think Officially. they already. I think they have been. Yeah. But this company's saying we have the genome, we can do it. We have Asian elephants, who are, the, are the closest living relative of the woolly mammoth. So we have a surrogate. So we can do it. So they're working on doing it. We actually, there's some evidence to suggest that it may help with some of the. Jay doesn't like the word, but climate change stuff, in like in in our more northern climates, uh, basically it creates more food in the winter. So what mastodons and mammoths did is, well, mammoths specifically, would take their giant tusk, and they're basically snow plows. Right. They'd make food available they're all winter long. all the mushrooms. So many the... species went extinct right after mammoths. Yeah. Because they depended on mammoths. Sure, absolutely. To clear the path. Yeah. The woolly mm-hmm. rhinoceros. For, for months of the year. Yeah. The ground sloths. So, yeah, once they went extinct, they were like, ground sloths, the woolly rhinos. Because they can't eat in the winter now. <clears throat> they don't have the system. So this company's bringing them back. And they think there's some evidence. I don't. Uh, I want them back, but it's just me. I like seeing big animals. You really think they're going to put woolly mammoths back somewhere? They're already there. Really? I think so. Ninety percent Siberia. We don't. We can't go to. That is true. Yeah. Because it's Siberia, oh, it's not because so nobody's telling you can't. Deep. You can't get mm-hmm. there because you'll die. Right. Right. But so this company, anyways, came to Australia, and they built a five million dollar genetics lab for cloning trilocines. They have DNA. They have uh, a couple. A couple more subbills that are kind of close related. They're like, okay, we have like three or four options for a surrogate, so we we think we can do this. And the thing is, they went extinct because of human Predation, hunting them to extinction, yeah. relatively recently. So the ecosystem that they were from is still present. They still have a role. The role hasn't been completely eaten up by by invasives yet. So there's still a chance that if we bring them back, they'll do okay. Right. And they can get reestablished, and they'll do great. The problem is, is this is a lot of money. Yeah. But Australians are fighting back, not because of the genetics lab cloning animals, because they said they're still there. Mm. So why are you spending and wasting all this money? Instead, protect the ones we got. They're there. Yeah. Protect they're there. the ones that are still living. Right. Don't make new ones. Yeah. Do something else. So yeah. this, this lab is like, okay, we have five more years to build and finish this project. So if you, you can find, and I think that well, we did the rewards like a million dollars or something. It's if you can find us a live one before we're done with this five year pl- project, we'll use the lab to clone some other endangered species. Wow! So there's this whole timetable thing now. It's going on with the trilocine. We're like that's wild. But I've seen videos of them. I yeah. know they're real. Like they're, I mean, as in still around. Sure, right. right. Sure. Uh, I mean, we had. Uh, the the uh, the famous black and white video that you see where it's in the zoo or something like nineteen. Well, I seen 30. color ones from two thousand eighteen. Yeah, of a mom with her pups. Really? Yeah, and it's striped rump, so they have a very stiff tail. Yeah. So people are like, no, it's a dingo. Dingo are dog, you know, the related dogs. They have a very fluctuating tail. Mm-hmm. Trilocines have a very rigid, thick, st- stiff tail. Yeah. It's all almost fused bone. 
So it looks like they're wagging a uh, like a mop handle. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there. Like you can't you can't bend. Right. Like if you took that, it would be very painful if you tried to bend that tail. So there's there's plenty of video evidence, but that doesn't mean anything for what people care about. Right. But to me, it's they're like they're still around. Yeah. But yeah, and then Megalania is another Australian one. Um, give our Australian listeners a shout out because we just kind of blew up over there. Oh, nice. We've gotten a whole bunch of emails and reviews from Australia over Very the past cool. two weeks. Very cool. Uh, but Megalania still still are being seen. Do you know? What is that? The big Komodo dragon. Wait, what? Bigger so, than a Komodo? Yeah. Komodos get 20 foot. This guy got 50. Damn. Big Komodo dragon. You know why the Aborigines didn't have fires at night? Because it would bring the Komodos. Yeah, because it would bring the Megalania. The Megalania around. They'd come in and eat the whole village, yeah. and then they'd take the fire and scrape it out. And lay in the embers. Stay warm. So that's why the that's Aboriginals sit there. Dragon. They just sit there in the dark, because it's like, yeah, if we light this fire, every monster for ten miles is coming here. <laughs> this is Damn. great. I've never heard any of this stuff, but that's fantastic. So the, we still have modern sightings. Yeah. Of Megalania today. So do you know where the largest und- unexplored rainforest by volume on the planet is? In Australia. Yeah, I know it's kind of a hint, but yeah, it is. It's it, yeah. We, there's a massive rainforest that we can't go into because everything will kill you. Yeah. Every bug is venomous. It's like on the southwest part of Australia, yeah. right? Yeah. It's monstrous. Where they get more they're, rain. Yeah. They're just barely doing... Uh, so, Yowie is the Australian Bigfoot-like yep. creature. Yep. There's a company that's... Or a group that's doing a little bit of research down there. But they can only go to this one <coughs> valley because they need to be able to get out in time if something stings them. Right. So, they have to time it. Like, okay, if I get stung right here... It's going to take me 45 minutes to get back to the t- camp. It's going to take me two hours to get to the main road. And it's going to take me two hours to get to the hospital. So if I get stung by this insect, I can make it. But if I get bit by this spider, I can't. I did not know Australia had this big of a rainforest. Australia's a massive continent. It's huge. Subcontinent, yeah. It's a co- but it was like Indonesia. All that was one giant yes. continent. The last it's ice all age. on mm-hmm. a big shelf. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. that's why the Great Barrier Reef Fiji exists. Fiji was part of we it. We have these giant shallow water shelves. Because they were above land, you know, yeah. sometime in the recent past. You can argue time scale and everything like that. Uh, we do know the Great Barrier Reef is at least 40,000 years old. So it's been underwater. Yeah. For a while. Or at least most of it's been underwater for at least that long. Yeah. But there's bleaching events on top. It look like, or historic bleaching events look like it was, a, like chunks of it have been raised and lowered, like above waterline and below waterline. There's coral in the Great Barrier Reef that goes almost right up to the surface. It's, it's, it's an incredible place on the planet. That's yeah, so I would love to. I'm gonna go. have to look but into yeah, this. Yeah, everything kills you. In oh, not even being encrypted, but just not knowing. There was one. There was one. Uh, do you remember Lost Tapes? No. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Great show from I was so I was young. Yeah. I'm 27, so I'm a little Lost Tapes. We have a little bit difference in age, yeah. so I'm trying to think what how old you guys would have been. I was I was probably 10 to 12 when it was, 20s. when it was out. Yeah. But it was basically like a found footage type thing with certain cryptids from around the world. But based off of real events, uh, a, a girl got eaten by a megalania, or at least that's kind of the th- story, in Australia. They found some of her video cameras, and it looks like something was chasing her, like following her. So Komodo dragons, I don't know if you know what they do. They have venom. It's yep. been an argued fact for a long time. Yeah, it's, They actually leak it through their gums. Okay. So they used to think the saliva was just was so bacteriophile yeah, yeah, yeah. that but it would it's kill actually animals. Venom, I... They actually have venom glands in their throat. Yeah. I didn't so know that. I thought it was all those That's all really too. new. Yeah, really mm-hmm. new. Because their venom yep. glands were so small and so much further back than any other animal, we weren't looking for them. So what? normally they're in the face yeah, or yeah. in the back of the head. Yeah. 
they have them way down lower. Okay. Uh, and they just kind of leak them. So what they do is they run up and they bite and then they back off. And they just follow you. Yep. They're like, you're going to die. Yeah. I don't got to do nothing. I'm yeah. going to fight you. I ain't going to rip you up. Yeah. They just track you until yep. you, you go down. They're like so a. So this, uh, this girl got followed by something for days. Uh, so, it, and it was not, it wasn't ever lunging at her. It wasn't ever, but it was massive. Uh, but Aborigines have stories of like these living log monsters is what they kind of refer to them as, which are these giant lizards. Uh, they look like logs. Uh, there was a 2000, maybe 2000 account of a boy scouting group going near this rainforest. A smaller, like basically imagine the rainforest as a national park. So a state park that's kind of nestled up to it, but it's got roads and stuff in it. Okay. So it's not as dangerous as going into the rainforest. It gets you on the edge of it. Yeah. But you can still go out with the boy scouts and stuff and see stuff. But something happens. Civilization's right there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And they sat on a log that stood up. And it was a Megalania. <laughs> and Komodo dragons aren't monsters. They they eat. They, they are vicious predators. But when they're full or they're not hungry, they just walk off. They don't, they're not monsters. Right, right. So this thing just kind of like, oh, all right. These guys woke me up. I'm leaving. Yeah, and took off. And it was like a 25-foot lizard. I mean, I remember Damn. years and years ago that I would hear stories out of uh, Africa. Ogopogo, right? Yeah. Ogopogo is Canada. Ogo- not, is it Ogopogo? What's the lake in Africa? Oyante Tambo is the uh, Congolese. Is that what it is? Uh, Okele and Bembe. Okele and Bembe. Yeah, Oyante Tambo, South they, America, I think. I don't know if they yeah. thought it was a yes. uh, brontosaurus. That's, a, that's an ancient or... site in South yeah. America. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so, so we've done a lot oh. of we've done a lot of research on Mokele and Bembe. Actually, yeah. we talked to Lyle Blackburn about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Lyle, cool. we caught his presentation. Yeah, we love Lyle. He's uh, he's giving us shout outs on a couple of his stage shows and stuff like that. His stage presentations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we we kind of caught him talk to him about it one day. Yeah. It's probably not a sauropod. That sauropod would be that long necked dinosaur family group. Right. Right. Uh, not because I don't think. Anyways, not that they survived mass extinction. Didn't survive mass extinction. That's a different argument. Mokele and Bimbe never had a tail. Until in the 1960s, when all these white people from America were like, okay, they're seeing a dinosaur. They took these picture books. They're like, okay, is this what you're seeing? And these guys were kind of like, well, kind of. And then they'd give them stuff. So like, oh, yeah, no, no, that's what we're seeing. They created this whole trade system for information. Hmm. They created a false trade system. They want to know. Now all these people in the Congo know the Americans want to see a dinosaur. So they draw the dinosaur with the big, long tail. Well, Caleb Bambi historically never had a tail. Okay. It was a still big, four-legged animal, long neck, hated hippos. Hmm. That's the famous thing mm-hmm. is that like when you're in the Congo and you stop seeing hippos, you're probably not in a good area mm. because Michael and Baby hates you too. Michael and Baby hates everything. So there was a creature that is from this part of Africa that was big, uh, tied with the biggest land mammal to ever exist. It had a long neck. And a very bad attitude. And you think it was a mammal. And it was famous for eating hippos. What was mm. it called? The Paraceratherium. A mouthful. It's a rhino relative with a mm. long neck, big tusk. So Michele Mbembe has tusk teeth. So uh, Paraceratherium has these tusk teeth. And the cool thing about Paraceratherium is that they had really dense is bones. Is this like a Pleistocene animal? Yeah. That they thought after... Yeah, but they, they coexisted with hippos too. Okay. Hippos just survived. Right. So who's to say this thing did? These things were big. They hated hippos, and they had very dense bones. So there's a couple of animals, reasons animals have very dense bones is for weight distribution and being negatively buoyant. Hippos cannot swim. Right, they walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hippos have very dense bones. Yep. Because they've they're, got a lot of fat on them, so they need to sink. 
Paracerotherium had very, very dense bones, hated hippos, lived a long time, and they lived very solitary lives. So I really think that the Paracerotherium is what Mokelium bembe is. Yeah. And these things are monstrous. These are not small animals. These could pick up a hippo and throw it. Damn. So you're talking about two to three times the size of an African elephant. Dude, the Congo's got to have so much weird shit. I mean, you know, you we can't penetrate right. that dense. Well, it's, of it's not jungle. even that. You know why we don't research it anymore? I mean, there's you can just die of malaria. The like gorilla that. warfare. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's of course. Because Lyle was going to go do it, and it was yeah. just too much money. Absolutely. Because you had to pay. You got to pay all the warlords off, and they will kill you. What's right. Mokelly and Bimbe translate into? The one that stops the river's flow. So there you go. There's a good example. And then how many toes did the tracks normally Thank have? Thank you. I forgot. You're missing some. Yeah. This, Jay's Good great Jay. for this. <laughs> uh, th- so Michaelian Bay only ever has three toes. That's weird, right? Yeah. Sauropods always had four or five. So sauropods still had five toes, but sometimes it was raised more on the foot so you wouldn't see it in a track. Kind of like a dog. Yeah. So that dew claw, that'd be yep. a sauropod's fifth digit. So sometimes they had five toes, sometimes they had four in the fossil record. Mokelion Bembe only ever has three. That doesn't change. In the tracks. In yeah. the tracks. And we have really good tracks, Mokelion Bembe, uh, with dermal ridges and everything. Like, it's a foot. Something real made this. Like photos of it or casts? Casts. There's casts that okay. just exist. <clears throat> so Mokelion Bembe only has three. Parasitotherium has three. So it's a cliven hoofed mammal. Mm. So the toes are actually fused. So there's... Odd-toed mammals and there's uh, even-toed mammals. Paracerotherium was an odd-toed mammal with three toes. Even though the bones in the foot still have five digits, you see three toenails yeah. or three toes. So Paracerotherium fits that again. Hmm. Fits the size, fits the attitude, yeah. the area, uh, negatively buoyant bones, and a really bad attitude. And that's the, that's the big thing with Mokalian Bembe. It's like, they're like, you don't go near it. Yeah, because it's it will stomp you to death. It will eat you or kill you. It it hates hippos. We've seen it throw a hippo. You don't go near them because it will kill you. Yeah, it feels like there's cryptids and monsters and ancient relic animals living everywhere. But the stories go back forever. I know Mm -hmm. the native, the indigenous stories of these things are just unbelievable. Like every ancient cultures has stories about. Biblical type floods, mm-hmm. weird creatures, UFOs, mm-hmm. and I mean yeah. it's it's hard to you, well, you can't throw a stone without. It's even like going to Angkor Wat when we went to Cambodia and they have a carving relief of a stegosaurus. Of a stegosaurus. On it. Wow. So I was like, yeah, hey, make sure true. you go you see, see it on the, the wall. Stegosaurus. And you're like, you guys went there. Yeah. Bub did. You see, it and you're just awesome. like that's not real, and then yeah. you're like, that is exactly it's, what it is. It's I remember telling you about that. Before. I've seen 100%. that it's carving. Yeah. Not not in person, but. Yep. 100%. It just, our guide walked us up to it and we all just kind of sat there for a minute. Like, India's full of a lot of weird stuff. We're, we're hoping to go to India with our buddy VJ. He's exploring all these ancient temples out there. Shoots me like a hundred photos and I'm just like, God, I'm so jealous. Yeah. We Look at the ceilings. Yeah. Look at the ceilings and the shadows. Well, India, oh, really? India mm-hmm. is fascinating because the Indo European languages, like, they're coming from Europe yeah. down into India. Those ancient cultures. We're mixing with indigenous, you know, Indian from the Indian continent, and they're create they're they're bringing the Veda, the Vedic text, mm-hmm. and and the Sanskrit text go back so far, you know, Hinduism. There's cultures there that predate Hinduism, 
by far. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the most advanced places in, in, in the stories of flying machines and the Vamana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're jellyfish. You know, I've read the Bhagavad Gita. (laughs) And that's interesting, but I'm just picking on you. You know, like I say, I really think they're, <laughs> they're only five percent of you. He's UFO got me believing in fucking everything, bro. It's <laughs> like Justin's right about it all. Just how many times happened to you? <laughs> huh? How long is that? How many times it happened to you? A few times, like that's two, two times. <laughs> and I just look at you. I'm like, that's stupid. Exactly. Whatever <laughs> garbage. Giant trees is the worst episode we ever did for Patreon. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't believe anything. No, if it doesn't I hate fall the people into a biological... associated with it. I, I yeah. what's this topic? I, I, don't, I don't want to talk. Is about it like flat Earth? Dumb? No, he yes. just. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Jay? Uh, how about uh, Tartaria? Jay, is it Tartaria? Dumb? No, See, we can't pick on Tartaria because we have a special guest coming on our show oh, about Tartaria. F- hey, there's. I'm out when it comes to Tartaria. Sorry, I'm I think it's another. Yet. I think it's another. Good. CIA the black ops. Oh, I don't believe it. Misinformation, it's still, it's flat Earth type situation, misleading. where it's like there's already so many great ancient civilization and weird technology stories. Like all of a sudden, Tartaria just like pops up, and now everybody's doing a podcast on it. It's like, oh, man, it's I don't new. buy it, dude. I yeah. don't buy it's a it. Shiny thing. The mud flood is basically flat Earth of ancient civilizations. In my, it's like. That's the flat earth of the ancient civilization. You gotta world. be careful. Jay believes in flat earth. I, 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 I mean, no, I, see, he just just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. <laughs> he thinks I believe in flat earth. I don't. I don't believe we're looking at him. Jay. Flat You're plane. Not... <laughs> He's misrepresenting Jay. me. I, got, you... I believe you that don't believe. So he doesn't believe in flat earth. Jay's, I just love just I believe. Me. I do. I believe the earth isn't what we're told it is. I'll believe now, that. I think I can agree with that. So I don't. I don't believe hollow earth. Uh, hollow potentially, Earth. yeah. Hollow I, Earth I believe there's things below us and things above us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And Journey realms to of the living. center of the Earth. When we're wrong, he'll just look at me and say, "Flat Earth real and stuff like that." I say, I, I don't, like, I don't believe in. Put flat, my head through the wall. I don't believe in flat Earth and the ice wall, and you know, there's, oh, there's that God, containing a stupid giant space. Space isn't real. Birds aren't see, real. The, is the funniest internet meme ever. He says Birds aren't me. real. It's great. I believe that space may not be real. I think that's a possibility. I think it could be a misrepresentation. I'll take you to Chaco Canyon at two in the morning. Well, it's not that space isn't real. It's at just seven thousand. This that, is what no, we talk about. Is it's it? that space is being misrepresented to yes. be like this vast and I don't emptiness that, of you know whatever planets out in billions of light years away or whatever ga- other galaxies, just like ours, teeming with life or or teeming with whatever planets and all that. Yeah. What if all that's just misrepresentation and it's it we we do see what's up there we can see it you can look up and see it so i'm not disputing that a lot of it's It's theoretical too yeah it's just what actually is instruments to go out there i've never went up there and touched it or felt it i love picking on jack smelled it but i believe you know really i never noticed it could be something different (laughs) than what they're telling us you know this we we grew up in school you know everything if you look what we've been taught in school it's a misrepresentation yeah i mean there's a lot in school that you come to find out businessman was it isn't (laughs) rockefeller Rockefeller, thank you you. he set up the education system so i know it's one of the evil ones i just can't think of what when you're sitting in class and they're teaching you about space this is what it is Who's to say, like, okay, maybe it's – or just to stop and pause, maybe that is a misrepresentation. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when you when you look out into the vastness of space, we're this tiny little speck of – you know, they say life, you know, we're the only life out there because or else life would have visited us by That's now. If, if it was so, like, 
infinite, you know, then it's infinitely teeming with life. Then if we of can't be the only is. thing, yeah. and then something would have visited us, you know, if, they but the fungus. But however, we haven't, you know, we haven't had this advanced civilization, you know, visit us. Would you, supposedly, would you but, care about ants? But shh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um. Oh, I'm with Jay on this, to be honest. When, like, we do care about ants. There's lots yeah. of entomologists that are obsessed with For sure. Like, that's, it's part of the ecosystem. We're all you know one. Entomologist? You know? huh? We yelled at him. Yeah, I we yelled at him. called Mikami the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. He's my neighbor. I have a, I'm, he's a, Kurt's an amazing man, but I was yelling at my dog, and I called him Mikami. And Kurt looked up, thought I was screaming Kami at him. called your dog a Kami. <laughs> he about knocked me over. So I, There's a lot of irony in that. Researching JFK oh. stuff, and it was like, so I, I heard oh, the word yeah, you'll get Kami like Kami 600 times. Real oh, quick Jesus. with that. But like the Earth might just, I just think it might be a realm of existence that, so, you know, life lives in. It's a special place because it is the only place where there actually is experience where we're able to experience what we experience in this dimension i guess i think this so, dimension is kind of like a like a school like yeah our existence on earth in a way is like some sort of cosmic school where we're here to experience do what we're supposed to do experience mm-hmm. love hate anger like that's emotion all yeah. part of the bag but also like bring yourself up and raise yourself up to a spiritual level mm-hmm. where you're actually trying to go through a process of leveling yourself up. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and it's just, I mean, you think about it, like every time you walk out the door, you know, if you're open-minded, you can learn something, teach uh-huh. yourself something. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the spiritual nature of everything is always been a big fascination of, of mine. It's like, are we in this some kind of simulation? Mm-hmm. You know, we have these meat suits that we walk around in. What's really going on, you know, is there this spirit that moves on and in, into these other dimensions after we're down in the dirt and mm-hmm. we're gone? Do we continue on? Do we keep that cycle of life going where it's just an energy disposition? Mm-hmm. We're just our energy moves on. And maybe it's into a whole nother existence. Maybe it's a whole nother realm, like you're saying with Earth. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, we're going to live the next life that we need to live to learn what we didn't learn maybe in the in the previous life, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, you know, my wife's from, uh, her father's from India. They're Hindu. So, mm. you know, the concept of... of uh, reincarnation. Of reincarnation has been really interesting because, you know, there's many times where it's like, I'm like, why am I so fascinated with Egypt? Why am I so fascinated with the Yucatan and, and ancient Mexico and Peru and all these places? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been interested in really just trying to understand why I'm into it. You just, maybe there was, maybe we lived some type of life. In, in, have, in the far distant past. You ever heard the baby God theory? Let's hear it. It's not one. I just kind of. Basically, they were all the same being. Pieces of the same being. Sure. It's like a fractal. Ex- yeah. We're a fractal nature of a larger everything whole. Yes, absolutely. Rich, poor, sorrow, happiness, love. At the end of it, we're literally uh, chunks of a baby God. And you, this, the like God you're saying. Head, the Godhead. You're. This is the, school. The Godhead. So when you is start like creating stuff goal. later, you know how everything feels. Right. So you're not vicious or you know or not non caring. Yeah. 
And it's not one I subscribe to, but it's definitely an yeah. interesting theory. Yeah. And I'm, I, all I know is that growing up Catholic, most of that shit didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And when I started learning about and, and really having my own mystical, spiritual experiences through, you know, different avenues and, and through really trying to, like, immerse myself into, um, you know, meeting different people were and, and, and going through the ringer, essentially, and trying to, on my own path, trying to discover who I was. I was adopted, actually, when I was uh, six mm. weeks old. Mm. So I grew up in, you know, Chickasaw, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my father and, and, and biological mother, uh, it, it, an experience in my 20s kind of woke me up because I never really cared. I always knew that I was adopted. But just, you know, these guys, my buddies, never made it a big deal. Every now and then, growing up, somebody would make it into. I just never cared. My mom and dad were my mom and dad. Yeah, that's right. your parents, they, raised they raised me. You. These are my friends. This is my little world. Yep. Um, but as you get older, and especially you know when I was in my twenties, I'm like I'm having all these kind of issues in my life because I didn't know where I, who I was. Mm-hmm. I knew where I came from, but I didn't know my roots. I didn't know my history. So. You know, fast forward to when I had my first daughter, uh, I started really started coming through really thick mm-hmm. through experiences that I was having, um, you know, out in the woods and things that were were like coming through. I couldn't push it away anymore. Right. And so because of her, it's like I need to find out who I am to essentially like get past all these blockages to essentially get me to the point where, you know, I could with good friends and help create something like this. Yeah. If I hadn't gone down that path, strange road would never exist. So putting myself into situations to try to like, just smack myself out of this, this matrix and try to understand a deeper level. And, you know, through that process, I I took a DNA test, discovered that basically the entire UN conference is inside my body, (laughs) like from all over, just because that region of Mexico had been taken over by so many, you know, Jewish, there's Congolese, there's West African down there. Uh, The silver mines were in Zacatecas, where my father was adopted from. He Hmm. was adopted too. Wow. See, I found all this stuff out through documents and I went on ancestry and just started digging deep within a week. I'd found my biological mother, uh, not her contact info, but ended up getting a hold of her aunt that all of her, her aunt's brothers had all passed. But through my research, I was like, this person may still be alive Mm -hmm. and I have this key and I know this connects to her. And then I just got a whitepages.com, found her phone number and gave her a call two three days later she calls me yeah hi how you doing i'm having a barbecue uh, at my house cooking food for a bunch of friends and i got uh, kebabs on the grill and all of a sudden it just starts pouring and i run outside to take those kebabs off the grill and the phone rings and it's this lady saying yeah hi uh uh you gave me a call and and uh you know you were you say you were given up for adoption in 1982 well i'm, I'm here to tell you that you are that boy and your mother's alive and they've all wanted to know where you were yeah. f- for your whole life. Yeah. That's wild. And you have two brothers and two half two half sisters and two half brothers. 
which I kind of knew that. I didn't know they were boy and girl or how old they were. You just knew they but were But I had found a birth certificate, my living birth certificate. So I have a birth certificate that says Michael Francis Leesner, parents, Gene and Frank. But then I also have a living birth certificate, which is what I got unlocked when my daughter was really little. They released all those uh, adoption records uh, on the state level. It's right here in Columbus. Drove down there, submitted a form, and boom, I had this live birth certificate. I had Mary's, uh, my birth mother's uh, first and last name. Couldn't find her for years. I kind of just gave up until my wife got me ancestry. I took the DNA test. And so, like, you know, the... the uh, American Southwest DNA, the Hopi, the, uh, you know, all the way through Mexico. It's like, uh, I'm English, but it's pre Anglo Saxon, Saxon English, which is like basically the stone, the people that built Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. So it has these genetic communities. I'm like, Jesus, no wonder yeah. I'm fascinated with all oh, this stuff. It's in your DNA. Maltese. In like your I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with yeah. the Island of Malta Malta's and the giant awesome. stories there and the, the crazy psych cyclopic structures and stuff there, like mm -hmm. Malta's in there, uh, Italy, Sardinia. Spain. Sardinia is mm -hmm. is is the is the actual specific yeah. is Sardinian, uh, but it's like you know two percent. But it's like, uh, you know, my mother was like pretty much all Welsh and English, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, Irish or whatever. But all the weird DNA comes from my father, who was grew up in mexico in zacatecas where these silver mines were yeah and then you dig into like the culture there and there was a huge uprising against the spanish um that this he's kind of like the tecumseh of mm. mexico he's like a folk hero down there i want to get a tattoo of this guy like on the back of my calf um but mes was his was his name and um but like literally discovering all this stuff when i just grew up in this little german catholic area right always felt a little different but had good friends like these guys uh -huh. that, that you know we were just out of place weirdos all of us banded together we were kind of all yeah we did know. not fit in very well yeah, yeah we, did, we, very we didn't we didn't conservative yeah. uh obviously um but i think it's you know it's important like you guys are you guys are young guys you're, you're going on your spiritual journey right now mm -hmm. the key everybody has their own path to figure out where they're supposed to be mm -hmm. and how they're supposed to get to and and it's all about feeling good about yourself doing mm -hmm. accomplishing something and you guys are doing that and part of this crypts to the court you guys have created something that like down the line, you're not even going to realize how important this really is until like 10 years down the road and however far you want to take it, you'll take it. Um, but yeah, I think that's like doing all this research and being obsessed with shit is cool. Mm -hmm. Like you, sir, are <laughs> obsessed. I have problems. And it's cool as yeah. hell though. Like to sit here and chat with you and go down these rabbit holes. Yeah. And you know, I used to be like that more when I was in my twenties. I got kids now. It's hard for me to like really sit down and unless it's something like really gonna bring me in and blow me away. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we talk about, I was into a long, long time ago. So it's, it's hard to like go back to when I was mm -hmm. in those obsessive research states and digging into all this ridiculous shit. Staying up all shit. night watching YouTube videos oh, and reading, reading articles. And... Reading documents is really what I was doing. Yeah. I was going in the unclassified and, and, uh, freedom of information act, mm -hmm. and finding the journalists that were 
pulling all of this stuff out and like reading white papers and, and on all kinds of shit about UFOs, the banking industry, you know, who who's really running shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, figuring out how money works, all of those things. And then just slowly meeting people like we were talking about Jim Bowser. Mm-hmm. And and I've always we've had people that kind of pop in our lives where you feel like shit's being guided a little bit, but these synchronicities that happen, that's when you know you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. When you have these weird things that pop mm-hmm. up when you're like, damn, I just met this person and it led me to this and it led me to this. That's yeah. how you know. If you're not on the right path, you're not having all these amazing things. Like, you know, we when we him and I went to Sedona and and got smudged on top of a, in a canyon on top of a vortex in 2010 like that was another moment where just like all my chakras whatever you want to call it aligned <laughs> mm-hmm. and it just like and it took me a long time like another 10 years to get to the point where we're doing this mm-hmm. but yeah. the message was pretty damn clear this is what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. back then in 2010 i mean the jeep tour guide that did all this for us was freaked out like genuinely, Kevin was freaked out. He's like, "Guys, this never happens." Everything that kept happening, yeah, it was great. Because we really did these uh, spirit wheel cards, okay, and it's kind of like a tarot card, but it's uh, Native American uh, spirit wheel. Spirit wheels are out in south uh, southwest United States, where they're actually big these big geometric structures, and people will sit in the center. They'll sit in the spokes of these wheels. And so it's, it's through like a meditation. Um, but it, it's this, uh, and I don't fully understand the, the spirit wheel completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but these cars are essentially like that type of astronomical geometric, um, what your birthday is, what our connection is. And you, you put your intentions right into the cards yeah. and you just were up on this, this Boynton Canyon, um, that that was, is a, a vortex basically that's not on the vortex maps gotcha when you go to sedona you can get the the airport vortex you can go to this and it's all like tourist attractions yeah. this dude brought us in a jeep that was like super remote we're you in the middle of nowhere a middle of nowhere and this is his like little he's like man you guys are into this you just want to keep going because they booked like a two-hour tour uh, heck and yeah. he's like i don't normally do this but would you guys want to go to this yeah. kind of secluded area he was like all oh, these and, guys are down for it and, i get to do what i want on the tour and i'll break out the the spirit wheel card we're like what are spirit wheel he goes oh, oh he had a flute out he was he was playing flute was he s- smudged us for the first time up there i, I think there think, was mention of avatar at one point oh, because yeah, we things were getting so strange he was just like the, he's like turns around while he's driving the jeeps like you guys ever see avatar and we're like yes kevin <laughs> yes we have but i kevin think torres, we were a nice change of pace he, kevin he torres had, i've been trying to find this guy yeah for a while for years i can we were not the typical tourist him. that when he said he's oh that's not real when he, he said whole, oh that's bart dude, simpson rock he talked yeah. to us and about, he had people go how did you do that and he's like no like <coughs> nobody carved it those rocks are they just look right, like, like they look like yeah. Bart. But people are like, "Oh, who's the artist?" He's like, "You know, God or whoever." Yeah. Like. But we get up there, and like most of the time, it's like tourists from LA, right? Like right. The people that he's got to give these cheap tours. So me and him right, are just stoked. Vortex. Yeah, we're just stoked, yeah. bro. We're out there, like, dude. He taught us how to connect to the energy. Take we're talking your about Ashtar over top over top of the. Have uh, you ever heard of Ashtar? Mm-mm. The like alien warden of the Southwest. Yeah, he hmm. lives that the, apparently roams the canyons of Sedona. The Greys are all in the canyons in these, and he keeps them in inner chambers. The Greys keeps them in Ashtar. 
Ashtar is the sheriff, essentially, okay. of all of the, the greys. greys. That he goes, and you talk <laughs> yeah, to right. the, to keep men there. Yeah. And he said, you talk to the old timers, the people that are 80s, 90s, and they'll tell you all of the weird shit that flies out of those canyons, the weird sightings. They know about the, the aliens inside the canyons. But basically, Ashtar is like the one that keeps all the troublemakers in check. Civil. And you can go back to Ishtar in Sumeria. You know, there's there's tons of, uh, you know, writings in ancient civilizations about different variations of of. But Ishtar is a big one mm-hmm. uh, from. So it's it's weird. Like, is he, you know, this what they call uh, like uh, ascended masters, right? Like Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. So if you go to like the like. All the Crowley spinoff, Madame Blavatsky I was say, stuff. I knew that from Madame the, Bl- the Blavatsky. White, yeah, the White Brotherhood. <laughs> so they're kind of like channeling groups that now spin off into these UFO cults that are everywhere. Mm-hmm. It all really started with like Blavatsky and and Crowley and a lot of those guys. But Ashtar is a big figure mm. in those groups in the White Brotherhood. So when he said Ashtar, I bought shit. Yeah, I'm like, this is wild. Um, but the cards that we pulled, you know, the spirit wheel cards after, you know, mine was like uh, to the T, like literally everything pretty much that I'm doing now, the message that you got, whereas we're reading them out, Kevin's like, this never happens. These cards, this is exactly what we, you guys have been telling me about. And so it, it's, it was kind of like this just lightning rod. Uh, and I try to put ourselves as much as I can. And lately it's just, you know, we've been hustling, building the company, building mm-hmm. strange road, you know? And so uh, got to have like these points in your life where you take a little time and go out and just do something completely different. You'll run into those type of Kevin type of people. Oh, yeah. You guys are on well, that path now. Oh, we found yeah. them. Yeah. We sure found them. Yeah, exactly. I love sure hit a couple of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Bowser, perfect example. Like, there's just these people throughout our lives that have, you know, come in and and guided us. Yeah. And there's something like, if you're on the right path, there's something moving you in a direction. But I'm starting to get buzzed up, so I'm Mm -hmm. talking out of my ass. (laughs) That's great. How long do you guys normally do episodes for? Whatever. I don't know if we, we ever have it. What time limit? is it? Three. It's nine thirty. We've done done this for three and a half hours. Okay. Well, we should probably wrap this up. I was going to say. I was with you on that. <laughs> if yeah. you do me a favor, because I know this is going to be cross posted. Yeah. yeah. So for our listeners, yeah, would you guys shout yourself out where to find you all that stuff? Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, Cryptids of the Corn listeners, what's up? I'm Mikey. <laughs> this is Bub. Hello. Uh, we are the Strange Road. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Strange Road. Um, we have a Twitch channel with not much action, but mm. we're really active streaming on YouTube. Um, we have audio platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your pla- uh, podcasts, we're on. Um, I'm Spiral at Spiral Mikey on Instagram. Bub is at Bub Ranley on Twitter. Yep. Um, I love Kyle, Twitter. our producer, is at Kyle Stonard on Instagram. Um, yeah, if you guys, we'd love to hear from you. We really do appreciate these guys. Oh, 100%. Their show is uh, much larger than ours, and we're just <laughs> yeah. honored to have them down in uh, the new studio. 
and uh we'd love to hear we'd love to hear from you um and uh we're trying to build something cool we're trying to you know do our thing follow our passion and uh we'll see where it takes us but uh we're happy to you know <clears throat> have some new listeners potentially yeah so oh, really i think you definitely will mm-hmm. really appreciate you definitely that. will you think so yeah <clears throat> i mean honestly just from when we first met you guys at CryptidCon, i was like this is this is gonna work yeah. like it just in the sense of yeah, I don't even care it. if we weren't doing a podcast right, right. now. It's I'd still want to just hang out and talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, those are the best. And th- that's all I need to know. Yep, we could talk off air about like behind it. But those are the ones that work the best. Yeah, when you just sit here and we can have this three hour, this three and a half hour conversation. I went by like that and not know it was three and a half hours. Yeah, right. I was only looking because I had to pee. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. that's perfect. That's what I said. After and I'll put Cryptid that at the Con. beginning of the episode. Also, yeah. I'm gonna okay. cut that out. Yeah, and I'm gonna flip it up to the top. Yeah, cool. That way, because. Not everybody will probably make it through three and a half hours. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, for sure. And I forgot to mention, we are from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I know you guys... New drinking buddies. Right down, absolutely. Yep, right down the road. Uh, come out to CBUS anytime. We'd love to come, you know, see you guys. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to have you guys in the studio. Out. Absolutely. Nice. But you guys' studio is a lot better than ours. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we it, may have a bigger you know, following, but you guys have a lot nicer of a studio. Well, it's been <laughs> a process, and that's one of the reasons why we probably don't have the a, as big of a following, because it's taken a little bit of time and and piece by piece putting this together so you just gotta drink more moonshine it'll come yeah out. and then we need to drink more moonshine and maybe <laughs> well we already do the other too much but it's okay um but we had a great time yeah uh, thank you guys for coming down again oh thanks, thanks for, for hanging us out in. the strange road cryptids of the corn cryptids of the strange corn road yeah cryptids of the strange corn road and you gotta say it. it a couple times. i love it <laughs> strange <laughs> corn road people That's are gonna look at the title and not know what the hell this is about yeah. <laughs> well like I'm i said not... it's a working title no it's we'll what no with... it's what it is okay okay well like the algorithm's gonna hate it but yeah. we're gonna love uh. it <laughs> screw the, push the hell out of this yeah. anyways anybody that's still with us on uh youtube we love you uh thanks for watching yeah thanks yeah. for watching thanks for Hope sticking with it. us this has been super fun i mean this is the exact reason why we put this yeah. together yeah and, and great did this. this will not be the last one yeah no no, no. no doubt uh again cool. anything Signing else Bob? no Signing no i had off? a great time I guys had- yeah. So right. we have a tradition on our show. I know this oh. is not our studio. Oh no, do, do what you but do. But I would love to take. A, I'm a like, terrible host. So do what you step do. In at any time. We end <laughs> every episode with somebody else, with counting down from three. Okay. And screaming bye into the mics. Okay. The whole goal goal for home was we're trying to break a mic. Okay. Then we get a free one. <laughs> it was an audio glitch from Rode. You get a free mic. Oh, yeah. so you're just doing some quality. Control. Quality, yeah, yeah. quality test. Yeah. So I'll count from down from three, and we'll scream if you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. All right. How how loud? Three, scream? two, one. Bye. <laughs> that was fun. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.